everybody, welcome into the Woody Hayes Athletic Center. This is the practice report brought to you by Byers Auto. Hey, it's the game, so we have all hands on deck for this one. Spencer Holbrook joining us for this practice report ahead of the game. Tim May, you know him. Jeremy Birmingham, I am Austin Ward. Saturday at noon in the big house, it's Ohio State and Michigan, uh, the number two Buckeyes. And I'm not even sure where Michigan will rank in these college football playoff rankings tonight, but it's going to be a top 10 matchup. Why are you sure the Buckeyes are going to be number two? Uh, I guess maybe I shouldn't have said that at all. It's going to be a top 10 matchup. Yeah. Who knows where they're going to be. Uh, Ohio State, uh, as I keep saying, they, they could finish number one as they close out the schedule and try and get three wins. But if you look at this, guys, what's the number one storyline uh, for these Buckeyes as you get ready for Saturday? Tim? Starting with me, number one uh, is, is the Michigan offense really for real? Uh, clearly from the uh, second half of the Penn State game on, they've been a different group, making plays, et cetera. Shea Patterson has played like a lot of people thought he would a couple of years ago. A lot of people thought he was a bust going into this year. He's proven he's not. Nico Collins, they finally discovered that guy's a hell of a player. <laughs> Donovan Peoples-Jones. I think uh, the number one storyline is how Michigan has refound its offense. Spencer? Uh, I just think it's going to be Ohio State's defensive line. I think if Ohio State's defensive line can get uh, to Shea Patterson pretty easily, which I think they can, I think uh, Shea's going to have a really long day. He struggles a little bit when he throws on the run. You saw him throw a bad interception last year on the run to Jordan Fuller. So if Ohio State's defensive line can get to Shea Patterson, I think it's going to be a really long day for the Wolverines. All this talk about the Michigan offense, I, I cannot shake Berm the memory of Iowa 10-3. to uh, They still only finished with 21 points in that game against Penn State. I, I, I'm just not going to buy the turnaround of the Wolverines' defense until they actually do it against somebody that matters. You mean offense, yeah. Sorry, this, this Wolverines' offense until they do it against the Ohio State defense. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know exactly what I buy. I know that if Shea Patterson, as Spencer said, has time to throw, he's a way different quarterback than when he doesn't have time to throw. Their receivers are way better if they have time to run 30 yards down the field and nobody covers them. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty clear. But for me, the biggest thing about this week is Justin Fields and is, is he 100%? Is there a lingering thumb issue on the non-throwing hand? Is the ankle fine? Because as we're seeing the weather forecast start to shape up, you're gonna have a grinder on Saturday if it's 35 degrees and one to three inches of snow and sleet. It's gonna come down to which quarterback Gosh. which quarterback holds onto the ball. I can't believe that you think that Justin Fields' health is trumping the weather. That's your that's yeah. the thing that yeah. you watch more than anything else. That's true. Uh, but to me, those are the things because I think they go hand in hand. The, the worse the weather is, the more Justin Fields is going to be forced to make plays uh, with his legs. If it comes down to a one-dimensional game on either side, Ohio State it has a major advantage because the Buckeyes are two-dimensional within their one-dimensional offense. Right. And now let me defend myself. The reason I said this is because, you know, the big question was where was Michigan's offense all year? Yeah, I mean, they haven't played against a great, great competition. Maryland, like, good, good for well, you. I know, but, I mean, the bottom line is they, they, are, they have been more offensive <laughs> the last several weeks. The question is, is that for real? That's what, you know, they're going to find out for sure against a Chase Young-led Ohio State defense. I think that the question about the weather is interesting because uh, you hear this all the time when Ohio State's getting ready, like, oh, that'll neutralize it. That'll even out the talent. I don't think so. Like, both teams are going to be affected by the weather. Exactly. And if Michigan – they really struggle to run the football. Jim Harbaugh has never done anything to upgrade that offensive line. Ed Warner was supposed to really take them to the next level. That has not happened. And as Spencer alluded to with that defensive line matchup, I don't. I just struggle to see how the Wolverines, if they're forced to run, how that's going to work against Devon Hamilton, Jay Sean Cornell, Robert Landers. Uh, by the way, Chase Young out there on the edge. Maybe, maybe this is a game where you throw Jonathan Cooper out there to help. Who knows? Mm. They've still got that in their back pocket. But mm -hmm. I just – you know, I don't see it, and I don't, I don't believe it. I've said this to Berm a hundred times, and you on your podcast, Tim. Like, the, as long as I've been around this game, 
It's the same thing with Michigan every year. They're, they're got the momentum. They're turning it around, and it's never happened when it really matters. Yeah, and you know what well, you brought up uh, is the fact that I mean, it's happened when it really matters. Yeah, I mean, yeah. maybe not did since they win? You, since it, not since did they win the game, not since you've been around covering Ohio State, I, but. I, it has happened, and for those of us who've been around, years, it hasn't happened. For those of us who've been around when it has happened, it's hard to but erase everyone, those memories. Everyone right, was yeah. just in there in the Woody talking to Tough Borland, like, "Are you worried about history and what happened in the '90s or 1969?" Well, he doesn't remember. So nobody in this facility my, is aware of that happening. I, they are used I, to a tradition of success. Ryan Day was playing in the well, you know, but, but beware, beware, expecting things to happen because of what just happened is my is the point that. Uh, Berm is making and I would be making and in fact what you're saying real quick before we move on. He's been waiting to jump this. The four-wheel drive aspect of this Ohio State offense has been obvious to everyone all year in my opinion and what's really stood out to me is in the maybe the three biggest tests they've had offensively against good rush defenses Ryan Day has commanded run it down their throat and they've done it and you know so if anybody has an advantage I think in inclement weather, if in fact running is better. You know, you've heard me say if the wind isn't blowing real hard and it's not raining real hard or snowing real hard, sometimes it's easier to throw the ball in those, those kind of conditions. Well, the wind is supposed but to be this, 15 to 20 miles an hour. But this Ohio State offensive so line. But this Ohio State offensive line has been getting it done, and I don't think that's going to change. Director of recruiting and weather. I, my question for this game is Ohio State knows where its yards can come from. Ohio State can run the ball. They know that. Hassan Haskins and Zach Charbonnet are going to see a defense that they have not seen all year. They have not seen anything like what Ohio State's defensive front can provide. If if Michigan expects to get into a game where they're at second nine and third and six all game long, that's not going to work. Hmm. They're not going to be able to move the ball. So Ohio State's yards are going to come from running the ball and setting up the play action through that. I want to know where Michigan's yards come from if the weather's bad because I don't think it comes on the ground and it's going to be really hard to throw the ball. You just don't get know. It, get it out. You don't right? know. You just don't know. I mean, and That's Ryan right. Day brought this up in, in his press conference today, and it's actually funny because I was speaking to one of the Ohio State social media people in the hallway, and they were like, you look uncertain. I'm like, you know, two years ago, if, if JT Barrett doesn't get hit by a camera guy, Ohio State loses that game. Like anything can happen, and weird things happen when these two teams are on the field. And I know it sounds the spot, crazy. 2016, the, I mean, the spot, 2017, the, the camera guy. Like weird things happen, We're and eventually, over 2015, and eventually <laughs> the wheel turns back the other way. And I, I don't know when it's going to happen. I don't know it's going to happen this weekend. I don't think it's going to happen. Ohio State's a better team. Yeah. Ohio State's a better team. Ohio State should win this game by two touchdowns. But you can't take it for granted. You can't just ignore the scars that this game left on my heart when I was a teenager. I, I love the par- you can't. I love the paranoia in Berm for this because we, you know, Ohio State talks about it. They have their team up north periods and they emphasize the rivalry and have the clock going all year. Well, I think Berm and I talk about uh, the Michigan-Ohio State rivalry every single day that, that we work it's, together. And it's just funny to me. I know that he's gone through very different experiences because this is my eighth time being uh, in the big house or the horseshoe for one of these rivalries. And Every time I've seen it, you've seen a lot more of them. He's seen a lot more of them. Spencer grew up with it. I just know what I've seen, and that's what these same guys that are going to be playing the game, that's all they've experienced. They don't know what it's like to lose, and that's, I think, one of the reasons that you see these cycles last as long as they do is once you get stuck in it, it's hard to turn the wheel. It's going to come down. These games always come down to a play, a pivotal play, sometimes a, a seminal play. I mean, maybe you know, just like the spot. 
in yeah. 2016, like, you know, we were talking to Pete Werner, I asked Pete Werner, what was your view of the spot? Because he was talking about uh, what he remembered, <laughs> what, what got him to come to Ohio State, put, pushed him over the edge, was watching uh, Curtis Samuel score untouched, what, from 19 yards away or whatever it was on that run. But the play before that, was the spot, you know, and Ohio State got a favorable spot and the replay didn't overplug. But I mean, right on down the line, there are plays throughout history in this game that have flipped it one way or the other. Fourth and 18 inches, Greg Fry, you know, they call the option in 1990. I don't think they've run the option all year. They call the option, Greg Fry pitches, and uh, Butler Benotti's probably still running with the ball right now as we speak, but, but he didn't. The Sean Spring slipped. Sean I Spring mean... slipped. Now that didn't cost them the game. That only put them down nine to seven, but they didn't score in the second half after starting Joe Germain for the first time all year. There are all these little things, like like Berm says, that are etched in your mind, both pro and con, for Ohio State and Michigan, which means you never, you never just when you think it's gone irre irrevocably or irretrievably the other way, it can turn. All right, this is the practice report brought to you by Byers Auto. We've talked about the rivalry there. Watch, it'll be like 50 to nothing on Saturday. The, the history lesson. Let's, <laughs> why don't you go for two? Let's, yeah. <laughs> can't go for three. Let's look ahead to this particular Saturday, Broom, you alluded to the, the health of Justin Fields. I think that will be uh, maybe the dominant thing to watch uh, come Friday with the availability report. He's not going to be listed on it uh, through you know what Tim and I and Berm have all heard and what uh, Spencer's been around here looking at this guy. He was running up the tunnel on Saturday. I think he was already uh, feeling fine and not feeling those bruises, but he's not 100 percent. I swear. Over. I mean, when I, when I watched that replay, I'm, I'm his ankle. He, he was getting the business. Uh, he took one not for on the team, ankle. not on his ankle, yeah. about halfway up his body. Uh, he was, he <laughs> looked to me tell like- Tell me he, when to stop. Looked like me, yeah, right about there. He, got, he looked to me like he was taking the business and you don't jump, just jump up, but then you start to feel better progressively, those of you who have taken the business from someone. <laughs> and uh, that's what I saw from that. I think he's gonna be fine. He did take a lick and he was holding his right. left arm or wrist quite a few times in that game. Anybody could see that. I mean, I'd be, you know, if I was concerned about Ohio, about him, that's what I'd be concerned about. And that may have happened on the, in the fumble in the exactly. first half. When he was holding the ball in his left hand and a, and a helmet hits the ball in his hand. And yeah, I, I don't know that that impacts anything with how he throws the ball. It certainly impacts things how he carries the football. Mm -hmm. And again, he fumbled two more times after that in the game and both times the ball was in that hand. And I don't know, just little things you look at yeah. and you start to wonder, is could that be an issue, especially in a game where there could be weather? I think we also have to remember, though, it's week 14. You know, Alabama's got injuries. Clemson has injuries. Who's hurt on Alabama? Every single team in the country is is not at 100%. <laughs> Every quarterback in the country is not at 100%. Read so newspaper. We know that Justin Fields, yeah, he's not 100%, but we can say that about anybody. So I don't, I don't think this is going to be an issue for him, especially – He's lived in this rivalry now for 11, 10 or 11 months. Yeah. He knows what it means to Ryan Day. He, I'm sure he's heard what it meant but to Urban But it's going to be cold out. And it, it doesn't matter what the weather's <laughs> going to Georgia. be unless you're a cameraman from Toledo. And so I, I think he's Across going to be Across from the okay. depot. <laughs> no, he's right. But, you know, the bottom, I think, I think naivete is a good thing to have sometimes in games like this. I agree. I mean, I'm, you know, look at Chris Olave last year. He was just going in there balling. I mean, yeah. two touchdowns, catches, a block punt. Are you kidding me? Those were those were game-changing plays. And, you know, and uh, three or four years ago, he probably didn't even watch Ohio State, Michigan. I would no, think not at, at nine a.m. out there. Yeah, and everybody thinks you got to be from in-state to really feel it. And I, I don't buy that. It, I've never bought that. If that was the case, then Joe Namath would never had a chance against Auburn. You know, we played for Alabama. <laughs> you know, I mean, just going back to my childhood. I mean, some of the great players. Eddie George was from Pennsylvania. 
uh, right on down the line, some of the great players who played in this game and left their mark. Austin's Crimson from, Tide quarterback's getting a lot of attention. Yeah. Austin's no, from just, Wyoming. <laughs> he understands. Austin's from Wyoming. He understands the rivalry. By the way, by the way, Tua Tagovailoa suffered a major injury. Oh, is he that, hurt? Yeah. I, <laughs> so, I wouldn't. I wouldn't quite put that on the same level. <laughs> Here's two things that I think play in Ohio State's favor because I know I'm sounding doomy and gloomy, right? Usually, a, that's usually how you sound this A, week. the third quarter of the Penn State game is a wake-up call that Ohio State desperately needed for when things go bad, right? Because they've been so good and so dominant all year long. And B, the fact that Michigan's coming into this game probably feeling pretty good about themselves, I think is a major benefit to Ohio State as opposed to an injured dog limping into that game that has nothing to lose. And this team, you know, they can't win the Big Ten. They can ruin Ohio State season. They see these no, things they as... can't do that either. Well, they... Yeah, they can run an undefeated season. They can put a mark and on they can, it. They, they can, can leave damage an indelible it. mark. Uh, they can damage it, and they and I think those things work in the Buckeyes' favor because I, I don't think that there's really any chance that they would have come into this game like overconfident or or thinking there's no way they can lose. But I, I do think that you need that little shot, that little poke to say, hey, things can go wrong here in a heartbeat. Mm -hmm. um, and Michigan coming in feeling like they are uh, playing on the same level as Ohio State is good. I think the more talk that you get about 1969, 1995, 1997, all of these heartbreaks. Don't forget 96. State, 96, whatever the yeah. years were. I wasn't alive, so I don't know. Yeah, I was. I was but there. I think that's day. almost a good thing for Ohio State because they've heard, they it's, never, they didn't know what was going on with any of this. They had no clue that it was there. And now everybody's like, well, don't make sure you don't do this. And they're like, okay, yeah, let's make sure that we don't have the, have that because it. I don't they, think it's going to matter. It's not going to matter one bit. I, all that happened. Some of it happened 30 years before. I get it. It's, like, I'm, it's, I'm, it's I'm, like saying make sure the plane you're on doesn't crash. I get, you have no real control thing. over here's that. Here's the thing. For older people, you know, when planes did crash a lot more often, you know. <laughs> I mean, seriously. I mean, it, I was thinking about that as I'm driving going. here. No, I was thinking about that as I was driving here. I agree with you from the standpoint of I don't think history dictates anything. And then I had uh, Ben Hartsock and Craig Krenzel on my podcast this week. And, and Ben Hartsock made a good point. You know, when you're caught up in something and it's not going well over a span of time and then one little thing goes wrong in a game, mm -hmm. you think you have a propensity to think, oh, here we go again, you know, as opposed to one little thing goes right yeah. for the team that's got it going and you go, here he goes, you know, because I've a lot, of, a, lot of, a lot of those Michigan Ohio State games in the 90s when, when John Cooper went 2 10 and 1, Ohio State could have won those games with a player two. And Ohio State was the better team and vice versa. almost exclusively. And vice versa since 2001. Yeah. Those games all hands. I mean, 2000, 2002, Will Allen intercepts a ball at the goal line on the last play. Michigan's throwing to the, going, throwing to the end zone. So, you know, the, you know, the spot, as we just talked about, yeah. plays, but somebody makes a play and that turns it. And sometimes it's early, sometimes it's late, but it happens. And somebody, that somebody last year was Chris Olave. I think if you'd have asked us uh, last year on that Tuesday yes. to name 20 players that were going to swing the game, we wouldn't have got to him. So, But we, so we maybe kept hearing maybe, about him. Yeah, you know? absolutely. So, yeah. so maybe I shouldn't even phrase it this way, but if there's a dark horse <clears throat> guy who can swing the game, you can pick a Michigan player if you want, but it's uh, one of our fans is going behind us right now. But go ahead. My expectation is that it's going to be on the Ohio State side. But if you pick somebody who can swing this game, who's going to be coming out of the radar, Olave style, Spencer, I'll start with you. Who would you have? Well, if I, if I was put on, on a lie detector test and had to pick somebody from Michigan, I didn't. I, I didn't see you had to do that. No, but if I was, I would pick Aiden Hutchinson, the de the defensive lineman. I think he can he can wreck a game if, if when he's if he's called upon to. But I think for Ohio State, it's, it's got to be Garrett Wilson. That's probably the obvious answer, mm -hmm. but. But you see this meteoric rise that Garrett, Garrett Wilson has kind of taken, and you know he fields punts, he does a lot of stuff in the bubble screen game. Even if it's a, a key block, you know that stuff kind of goes 
he's kind of an unsung hero for that if that happens. But those kind of moments are just as important as a 51-yard touchdown catch or something like that. So I think it's got to be Garrett Wilson, and I don't think it happens with, you know, maybe it doesn't happen with a touchdown catch, but it might happen with a punt return. It might happen with a kick return. Or it might happen with a block. I let Spencer you know, go first so that you can have Garrett Wilson. I know. Wilson. See, now I'm looking at, uh, well, I was going to say Garrett Wilson. I'm going to go to another another <laughs> direction because I'm, I'm thinking I'm like a 1960s air traffic control, that big screen, the radar screen. Yeah. Garrett Wilson's blipping he's been, he's been if blipping. he's not blipping man yeah. you, you you need to change your radar <laughs> but over here this little light blip that doesn't have his transponder turned on yet that's what you know enhances your radar image is jameson williams for example uh that could be interesting uh because that that could be a chris olave kind of guy where okay you got this guy this guy this guy this guy he may be the fastest guy on the field yeah. you know it just takes a moment for something like that to happen but you know uh that's what I. That's the way I would go because I think that there are five or six Ohio State receivers that should be loud and clear yeah. on Michigan's radar. Two receivers. What do you got, bro? We've. I mean, speaking of a blip that we know about, but to me, it's Sean Wade because he's a game changer type player. Like he finds a way to be around the football in pivotal moments of yeah. football games, and he maybe not get. He doesn't get all the credit. I think we're going to see Jeffrey Okuda lined up with Nico Collins most of the day, and that's going to be a, a premier matchup of two of the best players in the country yeah. at their position. But I just feel like Sean Wade's the dude that makes things happen. And when he's floating around, he's moving from the slot, moving out, outside, back to safety, stepping up to the line, blitzing. I just feel like he's the guy that makes a play in that game that changes things. Yeah, just think if he'd intercepted that first pass and went through his hands and Hamler actually caught. I mean, there, I mean, he is – I agree, Berm. I mean, with Berm, that uh, he just yes. – sometimes he puts himself <laughs> in that position. Sometimes circumstances find him. But it's really – Uncanny how that happens. I've got this guy. I'm, I'm looking at him. He's a he's a captain. He's a junior. He's a defensive end. Uh, he wears number two. He's that's really, not off the oh, radar. Okay. I, oh, I was. Gonna, I just want to see how long I can. That's go. a that's a uh, Airbus uh, 380. Oh, so Chase. Jones that's like Air Force One. Okay. Yeah, Jeremy Rucker. <laughs> clear, uh, clear all airspace. Here comes the Air Force One. Jeremy Rucker. This could be a game where you might see uh, Ohio State saved it up. I know it's cliche to talk about this team, and, and then maybe they'd throw to the tight ends, but. Justin Fields looked for, to him for a pretty big third down conversion late against Penn State. Tough catch near the sideline. Uh, and he's also out there a lot, doing a lot more blocking than people, pay, you know, they expect him just to make catches. Yeah. The fact that Ohio State is trusting him to hold up in a lot of these 11 personnel situations that you saw Jeremy Ruckert out there uh, a good deal against Penn State. I think that's going to continue. You know, and that doesn't mean I think he's going to go get six or seven catches, but he might score a touchdown in this game that you're not really expecting. So, uh, and try to go a little bit off the radar. He's another one that blips for me. But. Changing my level of radar down to the ocean area. He's more like a – I think he's still on there barely as a rum runner. You know what I mean? <laughs> rum runner boat. I don't know what that and is, you didn't catch them all. <laughs> but, but, I mean, that, yeah, but you're you're right. I mean, see, I mean, I'm writing about this later in the week for our, for our, uh, for LettermanRoad.com. Is that this Ohio State offense, man, uh, you know, we're not overselling it. They've got answers. I mean, they've got options that – I think is or the deepest amount of options of any team I've ever covered at Ohio State from because they've got coaches that are coming up with them, but they got the players to fulfill them like Jeremy Ruckert, like Luke Farrell, yeah. uh, like Garrett Wilson. These uh, and then of course two stud running backs and J.K. Dobbins and Master Teague the third. Yeah, we don't even talk about KJ Hill and Austin Mack and yeah. Benjamin Victor. And KJ Hill's and like about to become the all-time leading receiver in school history. And it, you know, I think it's it just goes to show what this program has been built to be 
when you can talk about these fifth or sixth or seventh wide receivers and the second string tight end or and yeah. and it seems like it's not even missing a beat and i think it just speaks to the remarkable depth that this team has and it's why there's no reason they should lose to but Michigan. you know what That's... he brought up a great point a minute ago because like you know we were sitting there in the press box chris olavi would have had two touchdown passes last year i mean yeah. last week early uh the big pass which, because justin fields had to move step left and move and avoid late, yeah. a rusher and through late, you know, Olave had like a, what, a whole city block head start, and they were able to catch up. Like Aiden Hutchinson, he's the kind of guy that could be that guy suddenly in Justin Fields' face on Saturday. You don't know how these games are going to go. We haven't even talked about Justin Fields from a sense where we've talked about the injury, we've talked about how the offense can do it if Michigan's defense would. I mean, this is the game where Justin Fields can cement his legacy. Is there too much to talk about? Yeah, yeah, there is. That's why I'm going to bring it home right now on the practice report brought to you by Bob. Drive it home. I cannot wait. Berm said it. And it's that score prediction time. I got to save him for last. He said there's no reason they should lose, but I can't wait just to see where his mind really is. So, Spencer, what do you got on Saturday at noon? Um, I've been saving this quote for a while. You can't plant potatoes against Indiana and expect potato salad against Ohio State. <laughs> 34, that's pretty good. Whoa. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Chives. That's Sprinkle pretty, it on the that's potato. That's pretty yeah, good, man. I think, Throw some sour cream on there now. Yeah, I think – 34-21 Ohio State. I, I think Ohio State uh, jumps out to an early lead. You might take a punch from Michigan uh, midway through the second half, but I think but I think this game is controlled by Ohio State throughout. I'm going to go with the same dual-headed uh, pick I had last week on the radio was 45-21 if the weather is decent, that they you know you can still throw the ball and uh, they don't decide to just tuck it. And uh, 38-17, Ohio State, if in fact the weather is inclement. Berm? 21-13, Buckeyes. Wow. Classic. Uh, I, I really think that by the middle of the second half, it's going to be a sloppy, sloppy field and a sloppy game. I think it's just going to come down to who's controlling the line of scrimmage. I don't think Michigan can do that against them. Uh, and I think at that point, it turns into Justin Fields and J.K. Dobbins versus Shea Patterson and Zach Charbonnet or um, – the other running back there. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know that those two are going to outduel Justin Fields and J.K. Dobbins if it comes down to to two dudes trying to, to run the football. Yeah. But we're talking about offensive lines, right, too. I mean, yeah, I mean you're that, talking that's about. sure. And I, yeah. I know that, you know, Ed Warner, his legacy as an offensive line coach here, I, I know that he's people like to, to mock him a little bit, but what he did with the offensive line here was pretty spectacular. Yeah, it's not working. I haven't seen that. Yeah. Um, in Ann Arbor yet, and I don't know if that's just because the, they've been so disjointed offensively. The speed and space thing, they're a lot faster than they were last year on offense, but they're still not faster than the Buckeyes' defense. I don't see them beating the Buckeyes to the corner. I don't see them beating the Buckeyes you know, uh, laterally, and if they don't have time to beat them vertically, I don't see how they score more than two touchdowns. I didn't know we we got three minutes to give our pr- predictions. Well, when I would have gone to take more time. The, he's got, got scars, so man, much so. pain <laughs> inside of me, Tim. Ohio State wins forty-two to ten. This has been the practice report brought to you by. Pine wait, wait, wait! Real quick before you sign off. Forty-two to ten. How huge is this game for Greg Madison? And Al Washington Jr. There's no question. I mean, are you kidding me? You know, Greg Madison felt like he was withering on the vine up there, and Al Washington Jr. gets to come home and play, coach where his dad played, and they were just up there in that other dressing room a year ago. Yeah. I mean, that that's that's crazy. That's why Michigan won't score. Those guys will be fired up. They've got a uh, you know as more as much or more talent on defense as anybody in the country, and 
as I, I've already said that I don't believe in Michigan's offense. So we'll see that yeah. Saturday in the Big House. Letterman Row will be there to cover it for you as always. Spencer Holbrook, Tim May, Jeremy Birmingham. I'm just Austin Ward. We'll see you with full coverage all week. It's the game. We'll see you there.